if you'd like to, to mark that song that um, Zane had said there for invitation for sure, but turn back also to the last song on page 638. That's going to be our lesson, looking at those words and looking at scriptures that relate the stanzas of those words and the meaning of it. That blessed be the ties that bind. Uh, when I looked at the words on that, it, it really stood out to me uh, that the Christians, how much the unity that we have and how much connection we have one with another. I think that blessed be the tie that binds. When you think about that title, a, uh, it, it stands out to me to start with just to look at those words and kind of the meaning of them. Uh, blessed, you know what blessed means, and tie. Tie is as far as we, we tie things every day. We tie a knot in our shoes or a, or a bow in our shoe to make it stay. I know in the panhandle with the wind we have, a lot of times you got to tie something down because the wind wants to take it away and you got to make a good knot. So you tie it where it's bound, and it binds. And when you think about that, uh, it, you want it to stay there. You want that connection. You don't want it to come loose. I put up a pop-up blind the other day, and it pop-up blind, and the wind was blowing. And once you pop it up, it's wanting to go. It's like a kite. And so you're scrambling to start making those knots. Now, I'm pretty good at a few knots, not a lot. There's a lot of people who knows how to do a good knot. Bowling knots and all different things that are easy to get loose. But I've always liked the best knot that I can tie. I call it a hatchet knot. It takes a hatchet to get it loose. So that's my best knot. But it's tight. And But let me tell you, as Christians, we're bound together. And we're tied together. And we're going to look at that song. And when you look at those verses and read that and look at the verses, it's, it's so much how our life is in all areas of our life. Blessed be the tie that binds. You know, it's a simple, beautiful song, and it was uh, saying song, excuse me, very well. Thank you, Monty. And I appreciate the prayer so much, David, for my behalf and the everybody that you prayed for. You did a great job. When you think about all these things that we do in this worship service, this is part kind of what this song is about. Everything that we do in this life is kind of bound and, and tied together. Written by John Fawcett, 1782. A special bond or, or a tie that binds us together as Christians. You think about that, we can go to, uh, Bonnie and I have been busy, with, as you know, we've kind of gone for the last month places and, and have been at church in different areas. We had two uh, times in Amarillo when we went on vacation. Got to speak to people like Craig Keel, got to talk to a lot, Kerry Jones, and enjoy some visits with him, and Bonnie was visiting and all. We had uh, a trip to Red River, so we went there, caught Mark Parkhurst there, and then on the way back. When we were in, uh, uh, La Prade area at times, we've gone to church there with Addison with our grandkids. And we have like-minded things that we can discuss with people because we have like-minded beliefs as well as here at Wheeler with you guys. And y'all can do that with other people in our churches all around. You can trust that you're going to believe in these same things, that you're going to do the same things. You're going to pray for one another. Things that bind us together as Christians, it's a wonderful thing that we're able to do. We're going to look at now a little bit on these verses and kind of see where he's going with this. First verse was love and fellowship of kindred minds. You're thinking about kindred minds, the, the unity and, and the looking at the beliefs that we have in our minds about what we believe in in that Bible is so important. You don't see anyone running around here saying, no, this is what that means. It's We are in unity about that. That's Yes, that's a reasonable understanding of that scripture. That's what it means. Second verse, it talks about prayers, fears, hopes, aims, comforts, 
and cares are one. You think about that, we are not that much different. Different size, maybe male, female, different colors. But when it comes to this, as far as the tie, we are not that different, are we? We look at our prayers that we offer up for those that were mentioned that were sick. We put our minds together for that. Those that have lost loved ones. We have fears in our own lives and hopes and aims and comforts. We got goals. These comforts that we think about uh, so many of the times that we think about our own lives that we want good health. We want this body to be comfortable, don't we? We think about that a lot. And cares. We want cares for others. And we pray for that. And we help out when we can that that can continue on. Third verse is mutual woes and burdens and tears. Some of the things that we have to deal with in, in this life that becomes sometimes very weighty. Things that you have to hold up becomes problems to you. And you find out, though, that there's Christians who look at those mutual woes and find out that they want to help and see to those needs and to pray and offer their assistance in any way. That word burden, you look at that and it's a weight. It's something that, when you look at the meaning, it says it's just it's take them down. It's what that means. And bear is completely opposite. It means to lift up. So if we see a brethren who is weighted enough that they are going down, we can come and help follow up to lift them up. That's what that means. And it's mutual. We see that going on in all of our lives. Fourth verse is death, grief, and hope. Some of the last seasons of our life that we see sickness and diseases that come on on Christians. When you've been in church for a long time, you see family and family members and friends who pass on, and that's very hard. And you see the grief. We're going to look at scriptures about that and the hope that we have in Christ. Let's look closer at these ties that bind. First verse, blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. You know, these ties that bind, let's look at first at what it's not. Sometimes you can look at the opposite and see exactly what we need to be looking at. It's not an earthly tie. And let's just separate our mind for a moment and think about spiritual. Think about spiritual, not carnal, not earthly. But here we're looking at what it's not. Think about friendships in this world, in this life. You've had friends in school. You had friends when you got out of school. You still have friends. But we find out so many of the times, too, with friendships, sometimes there's incompatibility. There's differences, maybe arguments. There's things that just goes on that's not right in friendship. Marriages. These are all earthly and carnal. They, sometimes they fail. Sometimes these marriages, this does not work. There's separations. They have maybe go through counseling just to get some harmony in a, in a marriage. But we're thinking earthly, remember that? These are things that go on. Family. Think about the blood in your family. Your blood, right, with them. And you see them get old, diseased, and sick, and they pass on. And there's a separation. That's the death, and that's the separation in this life that we know is going to happen that we don't really ever want to think about and face, but it does. But we can see where this is going. We can see that these are earthly ties. And we're talking about the spiritual ties as the Christian time ties that bind tightly that nobody is going to take that away from us. We can see it's so important to have the ties that bind Christians. Let's look at love, a tie that binds Christians for a moment. Colossians 3.14, and above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. When you think about that perfect harmony, you have an engine that's just running good on all cylinders. There's a lot going on inside that engine that you can't see. Everything's going along and it runs great. When we think about our Christian life, there's so many things going on in our life that should work in harmony. And it tells us here that love 
will help bind that together. If you think about a binding agent, a glue or something, or if, even if we're making a knot or tying and we're tying that love down. When you tie that together, we need to think about that bonding that we have. So we see how that will strengthen and how that will work so well for us for things to work in harmony in our Christian life. So let's look now at what was talked about before he mentioned this in 12 and 13. We just looked at 14, where love is needed to make that all bind together and harmonize. Now let's look at what he's talking about, what love should be all above. These are the things that should be added before that. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so also must forgive. So we see this forgiveness thing going on, kindness and patience. And then at 14, we just read, it talks about do it with love. Above all this, do it with love that binds all that in harmony. It makes sense, doesn't it? It just is the icing on the cake in our Christian life to have that love to pull all that together. The tie that binds Christians is love. It's patterned after Christ's love. When we look what he went through, we can see that pattern. 1 John 3.16 says here, Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have needs and shutteth up his bowels of compassion for from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. When Christ laid down his life for us, we see this pattern. And you ask yourself, from reading that scripture, could I really lay my life down for my brother? And it tells us here that we should. You know, in so many of the times if we are willing to do that, if we have an attitude that we'd lay our life down, then the simplest things we should do, right? Patience, uh, kindness, and all the things that we know that we're to do as Christians, so we find actually is really hard. But if we're to go to that maximum amount of effort to lay down our life for a Christian, we should do anything less than that for sure. And so we see that we should do that in our lives, and it's pat pattern after Christ's love. When you look at these scriptures, and you see the core of our Christian beliefs that what we believe in is talking about taking care of brethren, doing good when we see that need, and that we don't hold it back from them, that we have compassion. If we see someone that we just don't have time for and we don't make the effort to take the time for them, or if we see someone where it's going to get in our pocketbook a little bit, but we really don't want to get in our pocketbook, if we see some sort of thing that needs to go on and we hide ourselves from that and just don't look at it, we're shutting up our bowels of compassion. If we look at someone and it doesn't affect our heart here, our heart's waxing over where it doesn't affect us no more. We're having a problem with those scriptures. And I believe the scriptures teaches us that, that we don't hide our eyes from that. You know, if you <clears throat> go along in this Christian life and you think about age as being a problem for you to do it, that's kind of like saying... Well, I'm ready to retire. You look in the Bible, and I, even though we talk about it in this earth, about retirement, Bible really don't talk about that too much. They just keep on going. If, if we don't have that attitude, in, or if we, we have that same attitude in our Christian work, I mean, I'm this age, 
and I don't need to go any further anymore. I don't need to do anything because I'm this age. It's, it's limiting. I understand there's going to be physical things that go on and we're going to slow up. I'm 61, uh, yeah, thanks. I'm 61, looking forward to 62. I'm going to draw early on Social Security. I can't wait. I am going to wait there at the mailbox. No, I'm not. I forgot they quit sending checks. It's going to be on the computer now, electronic, so I'll just refresh the button until it comes in. I'm excited about it, but I can feel my body a little bit slowing up since I was 45, physically. My brain, thanks for the prayer on a quick mind, David, because I need it. It's slowing up. Body slows up. That's natural. But where do we find ourselves when we get older that we just say, I can't do that no more? I mean, I, my prayers for me personally is that my body and my mind stays right, that I can continue to work for the Lord. And I think that we can't be too old, and I think that we don't need to have limit either of being too young. I mean, if, if you say, I am not old enough to do that, then we're limited again. I, I believe there's a point in our lives, and if we bring young people up right, and as, as older people, as we get older, there's things that we can do and always look for these opportunities that we don't shut up our our compassion, that we just keep doing this work, have a compassion for Christ's work. It's patterned for us already all the way to the point of laying down our life. We don't probably more likely going to have to lay our life down for our brethren. Probably not going to happen. But there's going to be a need of kindness and patience and long-suffering for someone. There's going to be a time when someone's burden weighted down so much that they need those things lifted up. And whenever we can do that, we are doing the pattern of love that the Bible teaches us right here in these scriptures. Unity is also part of that song. Second part of this song, and this uh, second part of first verse is about unity. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. And you know, when this is such a big thing for Christ, and, and Paul talked about it, this unity thing, to get everybody that was there tied to Christ and Christ to God and all being one. It was such a big thing that they talked about it in the scriptures here. Paul's prayer for unity of mind said, Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. If we have that thing of one mind going on for the scriptures, it's just a team effort. There's no contradiction. It's just a forward movement of those beliefs and those things that are going on that we know that we need to do. And it will keep things in, in so much good order that we are to be unity, union of, of Christian minds, and it's a tie that binds. It brings us closer as Christians. Jesus prayed for it, to have that unity of mind. John 17, 20 and 21, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one as thou. Father art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast seen me. It was all a, a push to be one. And when we see today, we do see a lot of churches, don't we? We see a lot of different beliefs, a lot of thoughts, a lot of different denominations. I don't know how many, but there's several. But when we talk in unity of mind, we're talking in the early church that that was taught from Christ down to Paul and Paul to those brethren at the time. That is important for the church at that time. It's still important for the church to be unity of mind. Jesus prayed for it. <clears throat> the tie that binds in the second verse, 
Here, before our Father's throne, we pour our ardent prayers, our heartfelt prayers. You know, when you think about the blessing of, of approaching God in the throne of God is a great privilege and a, a great blessing we have to ask for prayers for ourselves and for others, right? That when we see need from the Creator, we can go to Him in prayer. The blessings of approaching God's throne in prayer helps us to keep our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus, to have that understanding, to obtain mercy, the prayer for, of repentance. You think about this for one moment, just one person. Think about this opportunity that if it, your life is not right between you and the Lord, and there's things going on, we have the opportunity and the privilege to come before his throne and ask for prayers. Prayer, mercy. If we're not right with the Lord, we want mercy. I want mercy. If I've done wrong, if I had a problem with so-and-so, I can go up to him and physically and say, I'm sorry. And, and if he's living his Christian life right, he's going to look at me and say, I forgive you. And it's no different for us except we're talking to the creator, a powerful creator, and saying, Lord, I haven't done right in front of you, and I'm sorry. That's the mercy that we get as Christians. And it's just a privilege that we have that that's, that ties us and binds us to having that hope in Christ that forgives us. The world, all the world is not doing that. They're not coming together like this in a peaceful setting and, and saying, Lord, I'm sorry. But we are. What a beautiful blessing that is. I was thinking a moment ago with that great prayer and the song leading we had. Think about that. Think about the blessing of that as unity that we have to come together and do that. It's a wonderful blessing. And so many of the times that we find ourselves that we are to worship in spirit and in truth and when we come together we forget about the spirit part because we are so concerned about doing everything right in the service and in the, in the song leading and which is good that we have the truth of all that, but yet we forget about that spirit part. The carnal part just keeps hanging on and getting in the way of that. We need to remember and disconnect from the physical part of our bodies and remember that there is the spiritual part of our bodies. We'll read a scripture here in a moment about Paul talking to his brethren and saying, although I'll be absent, I'm with you in spirit. That's a wonderful thing to be able to know that there's other people that when we have a problem, just because they're not sitting right here in front of us, there's somebody over here in another state or somewhere. Shy, she's not here right now. We got a, <laughs> I know my mind's kind of rambling right now, but John Watson, a good friend and turkey hunter that comes and visits with us, sent us prayer list from Baptist Church in North Carolina and Shy's name's on it. You know, that's, I understand, a whole different world that nobody of us knew, but that's what I'm saying. He's making a point to say, hey, she's on our prayer list. But you know good and well that Shy's on a lot of prayer lists listed around for the things that she had going on with her uh, sickness at the time. People all over are praying for you in different places. Unity of mind. You have accidents. Sick, prayer list, what happens? People praying. Lots of people, different congregations. That's a blessing. That is a blessing, and it keeps working all the time. It doesn't stop. It's fluid. 
It gives us help in time of need. You know, there's times that we may need physical help. We need, uh, we need help in a lot of ways. The tie that binds us uh, all the time is prayer. And we pour our prayers out in, a, in an ardent way, heartfelt. In Philippians 4, 6, 7, when talking about prayer, it's talking about here, don't worry, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. In the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Again, I think this is a disconnect from carnal to spiritual. First thing, a lot of times that I'll do is I'll look at something and, oh my goodness, and I'll fret. What are we going to do? Don't, don't, you know, don't pray. Don't, don't do something that's positive. Let's worry about it. <laughs> And we get into the worry part, and then worrying, we actually, if you do it enough, we'll stress, and then they say stress is going to give you physical ailments, so it's just going to be all a big cycle of fret and worry, and, and then you don't have anything done. Instead of going to our Creator and saying, Lord, I need help with this. So pray for everything, and, and don't worry. That's easier said than done, and I am with you on that one. That was one that really hits me. Uh, right between the eyes. Don't worry so much. Prayer, a tie that truly binds. Hebrews 4, 14, 16 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, when we look at Jesus and see that he was touched with all infirmities, weak, the, the things that was weak in him in a physical state, he was, he was tempted in a physical state, but yet didn't do it, anything with sin in his lives. Where if we get weak, yes, we do. We're, we're, not part, we're going to have that sin in our lives. But we have this Christ that we can go to in prayer that we can believe that he will answer those prayers and we ask the things that we have in times of need. You know, so many of the times, the, the attitude of prayer, but it's, is, is one that's, when it's on the spiritual part and we can't see the spirit part, we can see all this physical part. In prayer, we can't, we can't see it, we can hear it. And we can take those words, we know that's, that's going to the Lord and we keep that in faith and, and that it's going to work all right and... And that's the positive forward movement that we need to have as Christians. But we've, scriptures say, walk by, you know, in spirit and not so much in sight and, and, and seeing these carnal things that are going on. But there's so much in the world today, I think, that's going on in a carnal way that this spiritual thing is not anything that they can even fathom. That it's just, it's not in their minds. They look at this earth, they worship this earth, they see the science of it, and that's all there is. But yet we as Christians, the tie that binds is that we know that there's a Jesus and that there's a God in heaven and that our prayers are going through Jesus to the Lord, to the Father. And it's coming, returning back to us as a blessing. And so that communication, we know prayer is a tie that binds. Second part to the second verse. Our fears, our hopes, our aims are one. Our comforts and our cares. You know, we have, as a moment we, we 
spoke about shortly ago, we have similar concerns, goals, desires, because we are simply fellow humans in this world as far as the carnal part. We're humans in the world and we deal with a lot of same things. But we're also fellow citizens of the kingdom of Christ. That's the spiritual side that we need to pay attention to as Christians. We desire health, yet we fear sickness and dying. You know, we, we want this health thing going on, and yet our faith sometimes fails us that pray. And yet we get in this fear thing of sickness, and oh my goodness, I may even die. And we get ourselves all messed up. You know, when we think about that, we need to look at Paul's attitude about it. And some of those disciples, they were ready, and they knew it's going to be better. It's hard to see loved ones leave, and it's hard for us to say, I'm going to be separated from our wives. It's hard to see separation from moms and dads. But we need to, to get this spiritual thing in our minds. I remember when my dad passed. He, he passed it in 98. He was 74 years old. He uh, had emphysema. He was, he was a heavy smoker, and he got a double dose of that, and he was an electrician, a lot of times working in attics of homes doing wiring, and got, so he's getting a lot of the fiberglass. And, and at that time, it was really not a health concern, but it got him at a young age. And that's hard, really hard to take, to see a, a parent pass on. And I want to tell you, it's, it's, it's difficult, but we have to think about the tie that binds. We're going to look at some hopes that we need to keep in our mind during those times. We enjoy comforts of life, yet we fear layoffs, don't we? I've had seven, I believe, in about a 10-year period when the early days of our Bonnie and I's marriage. We fear poverty. These fears and things are, are legitimate. I mean, the things that we really need to try to prevent. But if a layoff comes, keep your head up and pray. Go out and work. Try to get back in, into some work. But we get into this mode of, of, of thinking that just ain't right sometimes about that. As a Christian, our hope should be in Jesus and his resurrection. When we think about all these things that trouble us, that we are really hooked together as fellow humans in this world, yet on the spiritual side, we see the hope that is in Jesus Christ that we can look about and get our attitude right again. I jumped some verses here. Excuse me, see if I can get back. There we go. I think I jumped two or three. Hope of Christ, the tie that binds, is what we really need to keep in our mind when we look at this verse, we can see things that truly gives us hope. First Peter 1, 3, and 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that, that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. All these struggles that we look at and that we see, the layoffs, the sickness, the disease, the, the problems that we face as fellow humans, when you look at this, it gives me hope, and I know it will give you hope too, to see that the hope of Christ ties us as, as Christians. It binds us in the same belief in this, and it gives us comfort. 
the tie that binds. Third verse, we share our mutual woes and mutual burdens bear. As a Christian, we are to bear each other's burdens. In times of spiritual wickedness, pray for one another. Remember those who are persecuted. Provide for one another in time of physical needs. We can see, again, we mentioned a moment ago that when you think about someone that's weighted down so much that needs a lift, we need to be able to provide that. Let's do our part and look for those opportunities. Bear one another's burdens, a tie that binds. Here, it talks about Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. You know, when you think about that, that's where the, the rubber really starts meeting the road. If you look at 5, you'll be looking at kind of the fruit of the Spirit, uh, chapter 5, and you back up, and he lists all the attributes that we need, but he also lists things that's going to keep you from going to heaven. And the word that he put in there on the part of, of that if you do these things, you're not going to have the kingdom of God was the word if you do such things, which in, when you translate that in the Strong's, it's those who practice. And I think I've mentioned that before. That's a real strong word saying that you just do it all the time. You've turned your back on the Lord and you don't care anymore. And those things that you do over and over and over again. And then it gets into six here. Restore such a one. If a man be overtaken of fault. That's right after he listed all those sins. These are things that you're not going to get into heaven if you keep practicing those things. Restore them. Those that are spiritual, restore. Be careful that you don't get tempted yourself, but get involved and restore. When you think about restore, I think this is where some of the times there's some people that you maybe don't want to be involved with in the situations of things they have going on. Uh, and we have. We've gotten involved, Bonnie and I, in some, in some, at Bridgeport, we did some work and with a fellow who had, um, he had a, a bad drinking problem. And he's deceased, just deceased a year, about less than a year ago. But when you have someone that's doing that, and he had done it all of his life, it's so a big part of his life. He, he swept floors and bar at 16 to, to get his beer. As an older man, he drank to the point of passing out, and he couldn't keep his job. And he is a talented man in a lot of areas, but it's just hard for him because of the drinking problem. But when you, when you look at that as an individual, you're looking at it as, I don't know. Because he, when he come and stayed with us, he lived with us three months, maybe, close to it, two to three months, possibly. And you get into a relationship with these people. It's the only way, and trust is the only way when they come into, into a home. He actually lived detached from our home, come and showered at our home, and then back out. But we were involved with this man to the point where he's, he's in that family. And we're helping him because he's burdened. And he needs a lift. I'm going to tell you, I know some real close family who's needing a lift. And there was nobody there to lift them. As a matter of fact, it was said, don't talk to them. Don't talk to them. Don't talk to their kids. You don't want to be around them. 
a man be overtaken in fault, which the family member was, and yet you don't want to restore. Matter of fact, we just don't want to talk to him. And that's the area of, as a Christian, that we need to figure out how to turn off the carnal and turn on the spiritual. Because, yeah, they're going to probably come in. It's going to be hard. Maybe possibly the individual might steal from you. It's going to take some of your time. It's going to take some of your money. But we as Christians, if we're going to get involved with, with other people who are burdened, we've got to do it. And I find myself many times turning my head. And that compassion just locks up. I won't give the compassion to it that it needs. If a man be overtaken in a fault, restore. It doesn't say to disfellowship. It doesn't say to, to quit talking to him. If I'm wrong, Garland, you tell me. I'd like to see a scripture. If, if I need to see a scripture on it, I will. But we need to get involved with them people who have problems to the point that we can lift that burden off of them. And at that point, hopefully, they will get back on the right road. Support the weak, a tie that binds. Acts 20, 35. I have showed you all things, how so laboring ye ought to support the weak. The weak here is, is old, um, sick, and diseased is what, what the subject is there. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. You know, some of these things that we give, again, if we'll separate our carnal and try to figure out, we're not going to be able just to hold that stuff up and pile it up, all these things that we're giving away in this life forever. We need to, to be able to help them with those means that we have. If we have it, we help. Take care of physical needs, a tie that binds. First John 3, 17 and 18. But whoso, whoso hath the world's good and seeth his brother have need and shut it up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. We read that a moment ago. When there's a physical need, I'll tell you, Bonnie, probably more than me, if you see somebody that's needing something to eat, she's on it. And we were on vacation once. I got to tell this story. She's shaking her head. There was a man, veteran, in wheelchair, and uh, he was having a bad day. And she said, I've got to take that man some pizza. And I, I talked her out of it. And because he was ranting, and I just said, you need, you need to stay away from that guy. But that was my mind. You know, you know, what happens if he does this? What if he does that? But if we can separate that kind of thinking away from, yeah, that man needed some help, this is what it's talking about, is that we have compassion, and we use that compassion and love of God that we allow that to happen, that we give to physical needs, a tie that binds that we can all do. Having compassion, this is part of the song, the second part to the third verse. It's an, it's an emotional but effective demonstration that we bond and we, we can share. That song talks about, at times there will be the sympathizing tear that may flow. You know, Jesus in 12 and 15 said, says here, rejoice with them, excuse me, Romans 12, 15, Paul, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. One moment here, we'll get into where Jesus did weep. We need to have compassion. If somebody is hurting and they're crying, sit down and cry with them. And if nothing more, we you know, just show support and at the time of need. 
The tie that binds, fourth verse, when we asunder apart, it gives us inward pain. This is an area that we want to try to stay away from so many of the times. A lot of maybe unknowns that we think about possibly in our mind. Fears, and that's certainly understandable. When we asunder apart, when you're split apart, it gives us inward pain. Grief. Departure is painful. Grief, sadness, loved ones are missed, and I understand that. My mom's 93. I don't know. If she lives to be 100, that's only seven years. And I expect that possibly there will be, if Lord willing, I'm still here, there possibly will be a time that we'll be looking at that in shortfall. Departure is hard. You can be sad together. It's a tie that binds. John 11, 33 through 35, When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. And, and Jesus wept. So we see that Jesus was no different. The physical part of him grieved. He was sad. In a time of, de of a death. The tie that binds, take it part to the fourth verse. But we shall be joined in heart and hope to meet again. There's always a positive with God. On ever negative, there's always a positive. He's going to help us overcome these things. We meet, or excuse me, we might be separated in the flesh, but remain together in the spirit. We're comforted by a wonderful hope, the hope of the resurrection, made possible by the resurrection of Christ. That's a tie that binds for us to know about. We're joined with the spirit. In Colossians 2 and 5 says, For though I am be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit. Joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Paul speaking here to Colossians that I'm not even there, but yet I'm joined with you in spirit through prayer, through letters, and, and knowing that they are in need of the things that they're in need of and still has that connection even though it's not here. If you have a, a Bible there and want to grab a, a Bible, we'll read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 13 through 18. The hope that we must have in our minds in all these areas of our life, through sickness and pain and suffering and death, we must have this hope in our minds. Chapter 4, starting in the 13th verse. But, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangels, archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. You know, this life would be pointless without God. And the sun is going to keep coming up every day. You're going to get up and go to work. We're going to go back home. You're going to do it again. 
And we're going to find out ourselves at Ecclesiastes when you look at those books that he was talking about. It's just going to keep on going, keep on going. Works good, don't get me wrong, but it's going to be a life that you see repetition in and we better have Christ in our life because all that is pointless without God. And that's our hope. Hope of the resurrection. It's a, tie, it's a tie that binds that we know that nobody's going to take it away from us. There's going to be separations. There'll be friendships that will break up. There will be help that will go. But Christ is coming back. And when he does, he's going to resurrect us just the way he was resurrected. I hope there's been something said that's been instrumental and edifying to you in your faith. When we talk about these scriptures here, we see of the things that we are to do in our lives. <clears throat> we see that blessed be the tie is a beautiful song that we read. It describes as we looked at it the blessings that tie us together and it binds us together as Christians. It tells us too that in Ephesians, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body, one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. We're all one. When we went in that watery grave and we come up, we joined to Christ's church. And he keeps us until salvation. And we can know that we were tie, tied and bound to Christ because of that. If there's one here today who would like to, to be baptized and become part of that, you can be tied to Christ through baptism. It tells us here that there's one baptism. I would hope and pray that you choose that today. To look at the unity of this and, and to understand that baptism is required and is asked of you and is commanded of you from Christ. If there's one here who would like the prayers of the church who may have something going on in their lives and they feel like they would need the prayers of the church under the Lord, we'd like for you to come forward as we stand and sing the song. That's been selected. Lord, make us instruments of your